Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress and your host, Anya. Welcome. This is episode two. And tonight I have with me the wonderful and beautiful Andy Rose. What is up, guys? How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. We just came off of a shoot. We did. How are you feeling after that shoot? You know what? I got to be a victim and I actually really enjoy it. Um, and especially when I'm your victim. <laughs> so I had a pretty good time. Good. You've got some blood still left on I you. I do have some blood left on me, but our next shoot later lends to it. So I'm not going to bother washing up. Well, that's good. That's good. So I'm sure our listeners are, are curious to know all about you and where you started how you started in modeling. Okay. So I guess my background in modeling is very brief, um, but it's just from when I was a kid. Um, I did some film and TV commercial acting. I had an agent and I did a little bit of print and even a little bit of runway modeling as a child. Um, from about, I would say eight to 13. And then I got into theater. Um, at school? Or? At school. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was like my big thing after that. And I didn't really want to do the whole agent acting and modeling thing anymore. It wasn't really my thing. I really enjoyed theater all through high school. Nice. And then I took about a 20 year break from any of that. That's a long hiatus. <laughs> that is, trying not to age myself. I know I did slightly there. But yes, a very long hiatus. Life gets in the way sometimes. It does. Um, for the best reasons, of course. Mm -hmm. Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> um, and now here we are. And so, you know, we've been working with Malevolent Productions for just coming up almost on a year now. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a wild ride. So how did you and Melissa meet? So we just met about two years ago at a party. Um, it was at her house. A mutual friend of ours brought me there. And we chatted and hung out. And she was great, but never about photography, never about my background, anything like that. Nothing creative um, or business-wise. And uh, just a random phone call last fall um, to, uh, to join her and be a model for her. And she was inspired and wanted to get back into that side of photography and uh, asked if I wanted to get together. And I said, absolutely. Like, why would I ever turn that down? And honestly, it's been magic ever since. Yeah. Yes, it has. <laughs> what you two have created has been nothing short of magnificent. I love her. I love her mind. She's a genius, as you know. Yes. Yes, she is a genius. Yes. But so are you. Your acting abilities blow me away every time we're on set. I feel like, oh, okay, you're going to be there. I got to up my game. <laughs> Step it up a bit. No, you know what? Like, I, that was so much of my world. And theater specifically, it's live. You know, you're not right. take after take. You got to get it on the first shot and it's got to be bigger than big. You have to make your presence known on that stage. Otherwise you get lost. Whereas when you're doing film and TV, everything is very minimal and small. Hmm. Um, so it's very different. And I much prefer the big, bold characters, the craziness, the in-depth 
darkness. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, demons, crazy people, love it. Victims, dead, being a dead body is super fun. Like, really <laughs> being is. a dead body is super fun. It is super How fun. often can you say that? I know, right? I'm getting pretty good at it, I think. You are a good dead body, but you're also <laughs> really good at everything that you kind of touch and come across. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way about you, honey. Aww. Absolutely, 100%. I think you are gold. And even from the very first time that we did any character acting together, mm -hmm. I was super freaking impressed by you. Like, absolutely. You gave me as much as I was giving you, and we made magic that day. Yeah. And that, we basically met that day. Yeah. And what we created was pretty impactful. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Yes. So, the the shoot that um, Andy is specifically talking about right now is we knew that we were going to be doing an exorcism shoot. And if you guys haven't gone over to either a little bit of Andy Rose on Instagram or Anya Gore me on Instagram or Malevolent Productions, go back and look for specific shots that we did from an exorcist shoot. Mm -hmm. And up until this point, uh, Andy and I knew about each other. Obviously we saw pictures with, Mm -hmm. Melissa and I mean I guess I can kind of say on behalf of Melissa that we're her two muses yes we definitely <laughs> are absolutely 100% and uh, I was really excited about working with you for that one because yeah. what I love the most though is you know the dynamic and the difference between you and me and I feel like with you and I together with her we complete absolutely something yes and it's, I don't feel competition with you. No. And I feel like it's babe supporting babes in yes. this way. Like, uh, yes. I, I want you to do well. And it isn't like I look at you and, and go like, oh, she's skinnier than me. And so or this is like, a problem. Anya's shooting <laughs> again with Mal and I don't have a shoot this I weekend. I mean, you know, right? we obviously get moments like that. We like the, the FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's right. Uh, I apologize. That laugh was a bit loud, but... Uh, as Andy and I were talking about before we were doing, starting this tonight, that her and I are both pretty loud people yes, and uh, it's a hard to control sometimes. We'll keep it together. We'll keep it together. But uh, anyways, yeah. And so when Melissa reached out to Andy and I to do this exorcist shoot, I remember first thinking, oh, well, okay, I'm going to be the one that's possessed. And she was like, no, 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 no. She's like, Andy needs to be the one who contort and she's going to scream and writhe in front of you. And I was like, interesting, because typically I'm usually the, the active one, right? Yes. Like when it's you and I and yes. you're the victim, I'm yeah. the killer and I'm yes. the one that's moving around. So I was really intrigued about being that more muted character mm -hmm. for you. And oh man, did you bring it to that set? And you know, Melissa got a little bit of a video of the two of us and, um, just a tiny little behind the scenes. Yeah. And so she, so Andy was, um, a possessed, I guess, girl. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing this white, very virginal kind of looking dress. And I was the priest, priestess. Yeah. I don't know however way that would be yeah. said. Yeah. Um, wearing all black and I was trying to exercise the demon out of her yeah. and I guess in a really short couple photos near the end it did it launched yeah. into me and then that was mm -hmm. sort of the end of it but that that character didn't develop anymore because 
that demon character is you, mm -hmm. right? And it's going to be so exciting to see if that ever comes back. Oh, I think it might be. Hold on to your seats, guys. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. There are so many different scenarios of this exorcism of Andy Rose that is based on the exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> and we've touched on the end of it, where she's actually getting the demon exercised from her. We've touched in the tall grass on the point in time where she first gets the demon to take takes over her and now we might do something a little bit more in the middle a little bit of the progression mm -hmm. of the demon within her as it takes over her body and her mind and it's so. interesting. It's interesting that it's you guys chose to kind of do that backwards, and yeah. I like that. You know what? It happened really organically. It wasn't even really a specific choice. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, okay, here we are, and this is part of the story that we're now going to portray. We're oh, here, we're that. doing it, and we just went for it. And that kind of seems to be the way that a lot of our most successful shoots yes. tend to go right yeah it's not it's as just organic it's, it's not, not as planned no and sometimes when we do plan stuff it just changes we mm -hmm. just have to be adaptable and we are both very adaptable yeah well i mean i think it, i can say the same for you is get me in front of a camera i'll do it yeah exactly <laughs> doesn't matter exactly and you know what i love an audience so yes. i'm good whether we're in private or in public yeah me too you know i just did that beach witch uh feel shoot oh, with mel that was Awesome. Were there I people felt, watching? Oh, so many. Yes, <laughs> yes. We were at Crescent Beach, right in the thick of it, with family around and everything. And it wasn't very, it wasn't overly, yeah. you know, dark or anything that, you know, no one could see. It was totally PG, but I loved having the audience and I, it really helped me work, you know, yeah. some of that stuff. It kind of brings out that yeah. magic, the, yeah. the wanting to create and then share the creation with yeah. the world yeah absolutely yeah i, get I love that. it i totally get that <laughs> i like to be watched <laughs> so on that note yeah. um so think back to one of the first shoots you would have done with melissa mm -hmm. what was a moment what picture or what shoot or what kind of conversation did you have with melissa that really was the deciding factor to you that wow this is it. This is what I want to do. You are who I want to work with. I want to continue to grow with you. So I think it was, we were in Port Coquitlam shooting at the river. Uh, there's a skate park near there. Um, and so we just started shooting, you know, some stuff in ripped jeans and a leather jacket, just pretty like basic. She didn't know where we were going to go with anything. And really neither did I. We were totally just feeling each other out. Mm -hmm. Then we ended up like underneath the bridge, down by the river, across the river. There was like a group of guys starting to like walk watch us and she's like okay we need to do a costume change where can you go and change and I was literally already like undressing <laughs> right in front of everyone and she's like are you okay with this and I'm like of course I'm okay with this and like right then it was like magic our relationship just blossomed from there she knew she wasn't gonna have to worry about things like that with yeah, me yeah. I think it maybe gave her a little bit of inspiration of where she could go in the future and it also made me realize how comfortable I was in those situations and it is very much like riding a bike even with 20 year hiatus it really right. is as soon as the camera was clicking when I was doing outfits and poses I was like oh I know this 
I know this. I remember this. And this is right. And this feels right. Yeah. Oh, good. And I honestly, like... there hasn't been one shoot where I'm like, this doesn't feel right. This mm -hmm. isn't what I want. This feels, you know, uncomfortable or anything. She's so good at making yeah. us feel comfortable. So good. And so good at making sure that we are comfortable with the product. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. We really have that trust in her. Absolutely. We're lucky to have that. Very lucky. Very yeah. lucky. I think about that a lot, actually, as... Um, and I'm sure you get this too, as we talk to other photographers and have people reach out to us. And when it, you look at some of their photos, you're like, ooh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to do that. No, I'm sorry. Or, or you'll look at something and go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll work with you. And then yeah. you see the pictures and you're like, yeah, those are good. It's hard to find stuff on her level. So it's really easy to turn people down. But yeah. you know what? That just shows our level of quality of work that we're helping her produce. That's true. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just us. It's not just one person. We are a team mm -hmm. and we're creating the magic because of what we all bring to it. And we're a growing team. And we are growing huge. Huge. <laughs> right. can't believe it's only been a year, girl. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's been a year. We've got, um, I'm sure some of you guys have seen the last Slumber Party Massacre shoot that we did. That was so fun. But we brought in, um, her name is Monster MUA, which is, stands for Makeup Artist. Mm -hmm. And she lives not that far from us, and she is a special effects makeup artist. And she just nailed it. Did she ever? Your slit throat. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I couldn't stop like, playing with it. I know. Guys. She was playing with it all night. She was like, poke my slit. Poke it. Poke it. She kept wanting to do little videos on, yeah. Yeah. on Instagram of us poking her wound. But man, was it ever realistic. Yeah. And she did it so fast. So and fast. then she did her own wound. Yeah. Like she did her own stab wound, which and is crazy. And then she bruised you up in yes. minutes. In minutes. Yeah, it was amazing. So, and she was super fun. She was really fun to be with. Lovely, lovely girl. And she was great with the acting too, oh, like right on point. Killed it. Yes. And I am proud to welcome her to our team and yes. have her be part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see what the what the future has to hold in terms of our team and growing and all of that. And speaking of our team, it's kind of fitting that um, Lisa Watson was the one that did my demon makeup and your priest mm -hmm, makeup mm -hmm. the first time that mm -hmm. we shot that. Well, she's with us again tonight <laughs> and went wink we might be uh touching on that a little bit so yep. Yep. yeah excited to have her on board with us tonight absolutely she is um she does a lot of andy's glamour shots yes. and glamour makeup and she did the makeup that i had in for my um like 1950s housewife that was chopping up body parts yeah. um and i just Which was gorgeous it was oh gorgeous God. yeah just just stunning stunning we are so lucky to have such talented people agreed on all these different aspects and levels and yeah. our team is growing like you said I like know. you said yeah i know yeah now we're in the world of talking blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 super exciting um, so a question that yeah. is going to be, I ask everybody this ahead of time okay. so that, uh, we can talk about your top three favorite horror movies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just so everybody knows, this is going to be a constant question. I'm going to ask it of anybody that is on my podcast. So if you are listening right now and you don't want to answer that, don't come on my podcast. It needs to be, well, I need to talk about horror movies. I could talk about them until my face turns blue. 
Well, I mean, come on. It is horror and more. <laughs> this is true. We this have is to true. start with the horror, people. Come on now. So I asked Andy her top three favorite horror movies. Yes. And uh, what was interesting about Andy is that uh, Andy and I voice message instead of text sometimes. And, uh, Which I'm terrible at, by the way. <laughs> I'll be like, question mark? And I'll be like, oh shit, no, that was, that was audio. <laughs> but then she'll send me a message, and then maybe half an hour later, okay, I'm not sure if you got my message. Here's another <laughs> message repeating the same thing. Yeah, I'm technically And, and it's, it's good. No, it's good. It's, um, <laughs> and so what, what, what I found interesting was she initially answered her top three favorite, and then the next message, she had yes. a new fav- favorite. Yeah. And so I guess you've got the top I, three I, and a half. Yeah, <laughs> okay, let's go with that. Let's, let's talk about that. So okay. you, you pick the first one you'd like to talk about. So the first one I'll talk about is my absolute favorite movie I don't even want to say as a horror genre because it's literally just like my favorite movie ever and that's The Shining mm-hmm. um I watched it very young when it first came out but it didn't scare me in the way that most horror movies scared me when I was a child and we can touch on that a little bit as well because I'm pretty much a giant wimp when it comes to most <laughs> horror movies which is hilarious mm-hmm. but um, it didn't scare me. It intrigued me. And I just was so drawn into the entire world. The acting is so amazing oh. in that movie. The cinematography, the colors, mm-hmm. just visually, it, that movie is stunning to me. I absolutely love it on every level. And it's always stuck with me. Always. My whole life. It's always stuck with me. Not as just my favorite horror movie, but just as a movie that I just always want to go back to. I love that. It really got under your skin. Totally. Yeah. And now, remind me, have you read the book? I have not. Ooh, no. I haven't. I started Do reading you know? it, actually, since you messaged me last week. Yeah? I Because I have both The Shining and then Doctor Sleep. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And so I picked it up, and I'm starting to read it again. Because awesome. there's a lot of differences between the book and the movie. Right. And I... I I realized coming to talk about it really quickly, I didn't even remember what all the differences were. So I'm only in three chapters in. Okay. But, so I can't really talk about it, but you okay, need well, to read it. Okay, well, I will. So and maybe we can talk about it. I'll be a guest again. You can, yeah. Some of the glaring things that I remember. Um, and so anybody listening, spoiler alert, if you don't want to be spoiled about The Shining, if you have not seen it, first of all, shame on you. Yeah. Second well, of all. Iconic, people. <laughs> Turn this off, go watch it, and then come back. Um, The twin girls are mentioned once or twice in the book. That is it. They are not murdered. They don't come back and talk to Danny. Oh, crazy. Yep. Oh, there's such a poignant part of the film. Well, this is the thing. In the book, they aren't needed to make a point. Right. So there's... Other things, uh, the topiary, which I guess in the movie is the maze. Yeah. Actually has a topiary of animals, and they come alive, and they chase Danny in the snow, and he is outside by himself. And I'm assuming that that would have been just really difficult for Stanley Kubrick to make in film at that time, which is maybe why he, I don't know. Right. But um, That's very interesting. Yeah, and I do remember a scene as well, and again, I can, I'll, finish reading it and then we can revisit talking about it but uh where Danny is feels a demon presence behind him and it starts chasing him and he has to he's built himself a tunnel of snow and he is 
again outside by himself and he has to start crawling through and he can feel this presence just coming right after him Crazy. and he just runs inside the house and oh, wow. that none of these things no. happen in the movie no that's very interesting but some fun facts for everybody that i found out the snow in the maze in the movie was 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam <gasps> oh wow which i thought was <laughs> why would they do that i don't know because Instead of real snow. Yep. Maybe it was too expensive. Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so in the movie, the little boy's name is Danny. They made it really look like it was really cold. <laughs> the breath in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. In the maze scene is very. Very real. Very real. Yeah. Mm -mm. Wow. They did a good job at that. Fantastic job. Yeah. I know. Um, the little boy who played Danny, his real name is Danny Lloyd. It was his idea to wiggle his finger. Okay. So in his um, audition, he did that, and Stanley Kubrick liked it so much that he gave the kid the part and included it in the movie. That's very cool. Very cool. That was he. That kid is an amazing Oof. actor, and that's one of the things that has drawn me to that movie so much is mm -hmm. how amazing he is. In agreed. That. Agreed. Yeah. Just yeah. the level of intricacy. Well. I guess, um, let me see if And I... just as a child, too, seeing that, because that was kind of, you know, a little bit more my world at that time when I first saw it, that well, yeah. I was inspired by him, by for him? sure. He's, yeah. um, so I guess Stanley Kubrick, when he brought him on, really, really wanted to keep him from the depths of the horror of the movie. So Danny wasn't involved in a lot of the actual horror scenes. That makes sense. How old was he? Do you, you know, know, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I can look Something that up. I should know. I will. Um, you can look that up if you yeah. want to. But while you're looking that up. Blood all over my some, hands I, right now. I'm like, don't get my phone dirty. <laughs> uh, another thing. In order to appear as seething as his character, Jack Torrance. Listen to this. Jack Nicholson ate nothing but cheese sandwiches for two weeks. Starting... At the production because he hated cheese sandwiches. Oh my gosh. He wanted to get into an angry state of mind. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's wow, he was five. He was five. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Uh I have three more fun facts. Okay. And then we'll move on to your next. Yeah. It took nine days to set up the clean hallway with an elevator full of blood. Nine days. Three takes. Yeah. In the two unsuccessful takes, Kubrick didn't feel like the fake blood looked enough like blood. And since an elevator isn't a place that audiences would expect to see blood, it had to look like the real thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, very detailed. Yes. Um, the Here's Johnny scene required three days and 60 doors to shoot. Oh my god. 60, 60. Crazy. Yeah. Just to get like the right that angles scene. and like, mm -hmm. wow. And then last, um, the woman who played Wendy, she got so stressed out from that role that she got, it gave her nervous exhaustion, which led to such adverse health effects as feeling physically ill and losing some of her hair. You know what? That doesn't surprise me. That yeah. girl was so creepy. Amazing. She does and like, such an amazing job. It didn't even seem like she was acting or I know. playing a character. Like, it was so her. I, yes, I agree. I see her face sometimes when I close my eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. 
So for those of you that have not seen The Shining or read the book, watch it, read it. Let us know what you think of Andy's favorite, favorite movie slash horror movie. Yeah. So what's your second favorite horror movie? So first of all, before I say like the second, third or third and mm -hmm. fourth or however we're going with this. So since we've started doing these horror shoots, I've really um, been welcomed into this horror community and you guys are so knowledgeable and you know so much about this world and I feel very novice and like I'm a model in a world I have no idea of so I'm really trying to like brush up on my movies I've been asking you for a lot of advice of ones I should watch as well as family members that are more into the horror scene and stuff so I've been watching a lot of movies lately Good. So these ones that I want to talk about right now are not necessarily my favorite horror movies. These are the ones that have stuck out in my mind of the, you know, 50 or so that I've watched in the past, you know, six months or so yeah. now. Like I've been really <laughs> trying to just watch a whole bunch, classics, you know, anything. So these ones stuck out for me for different reasons. So the first one is Babadook. Mm-hmm. So this was a very interesting horror movie for me. So there were a lot of aspects of it that totally creeped me out. The kid and the creepy house and the whole like childhood book scenario is very creepy to me. And mm -hmm. it doesn't even really have to be a great movie. I'm already scared at that point. Like that is the type of movie that really, really can get to me, especially with the creepy mom and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they started introducing the character more it was very kitschy there were parts of it where i was like oh my gosh this is silly and i was laughing a little bit at his voice and whatnot on the phone Baba yeah Baba i was like oh my god is that creepy or hilarious and i started laughing i was like okay it's hilarious but then when they showed him yeah the fact that Okay, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the fact that he was still a complete illustration, yeah. I loved. Yeah. Right away, I was like, the, in, the artistic integrity of this movie is right on point. Mm -hmm. And it creeped me out the way it needed to. It was kitschy and almost a little, like, fantasy weird the way I needed it to be. And then it had that artistic expression that I need. I think yeah in a movie for it to be like memorable for yeah. me yeah the woman's performance too she was amazing. and the kid and the way it ended was so unexpected mm -hmm. that that was another thing that has stuck with me about it yeah and that's all I'll say about the ending just okay. in case right? just in case just in case yeah <laughs> if you have not watched the Babadook yeah I, I agree with you I think yeah. it's a great movie yeah very entertaining um and it stuck out in a time where horror movies were just not really doing that style Right. Which I, I love. Mm -hmm. And I got um, a few fun facts. So first of all, the film scared the hell out of the director of The Exorcist. Oh, wow. Well, that doesn't surprise me. It was actually really scary. As, it was pretty as creepy. As kitschy as it was in yeah. some parts to, you know, give it a lightness or something, it was fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very creepy. Very, very, very creepy. I had to watch a comedy before I went to bed after I watched it because <laughs> I just had to, like, get it out of my head because I have kids, and right? The eyes, and it's like, yeah, the eyes just, of the Babadook. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so the kid, his name is Noah Wiseman. He was six years old when he played Samuel. Okay, yeah, he was amazing. 
Um, so yeah, apparently they were ma they were making sure that he was uh, was not present for the horrific scenes yeah. and the scenes where the mother was abusing him. Yeah, was played with an adult. Okay, as a stand-in on their knees because the director didn't want to destroy a childhood to make this film. That wouldn't be fair. No. And I have, that's, you have to respect the Absolutely. director so much for that. Yeah, I have a huge appreciation for that. Just like with Stanley Kubrick, he wanted to protect yeah. this young child. And yeah. there's just some directors that don't take that into consideration. Yeah, as an actor, you're just like, nope, you do it. Yeah, you just do that's it. about and it. That's your world. Uh, lastly, you can own the Babadook book. Oh. For $500. 500 bucks, hey? <laughs> well, you'd have to be a pretty big fan. I don't know if I'm that much of a fan, but uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun. I like that. So I think that can roll into your next favorite horror movie. So I think we'll, I think for that one, because I know we touched on a couple, but, um, We'll go with The Descent. Okay. Um, it's a very different type of horror movie mm -hmm. than, you know, The Shining or Baba Duke or anything like that. It just creeped me right out. Yeah. Creatures in the dark. In a cave. And, yeah, and <laughs> they're blind and so creepy and flesh eaters and just... <laughs> The whole scenario, I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Uh -huh. I put myself in some scenarios and shoots, and mm -hmm. I seem to be able to, like, transfer out of my head for that, and it's never been a problem yet. Yet. We'll just <laughs> say says. yet. There's always a room for that. Um, but even when I watch a movie where people are in caves, mm. you know, and they can't escape, and, you know, it's that whole claustrophobic aspect, it affects me more when I watch it, for sure. I believe that. So I just was totally creeped out by those creatures, still feeling like I don't know who they were and where they came from at the end of the movie, but just as creeped out nonetheless. Like, yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter in the end. Did you go into it expecting that when you started watching it? Did you know that there was going to be creatures in it? I did. You did? Okay. Yes. Okay. But it didn't matter. I was so creeped, creeped out <laughs> right away. And it was very raw and very graphic, and they were very mm. gross looking, and yeah. And it was so dark always, so it was like, you were right there with the characters. Like, you could almost not see them. Yeah, And yeah. you were, I felt like I was there. Like, the, the way that the camera angles were so close in on, like, a tiny bit of their breath or their chest movement, mm -hmm. because they had to be so still... I was holding my breath. Yeah, I did with that one as well. Yeah. You, and then you kind of, oh, yeah. you release it afterwards. Yes. And, and that's how I know it's affecting me. Yeah, I agree with you. So 100%. it stuck with me for that. And I also had to watch a comedy after that one. <laughs> <laughs> so some fun facts about The Descent. It was never intended to have a sequel. Oh, wow. Okay. The director did not think it warranted a sequel. Sequel was made by... Um, who was it? He was one of the producers, I believe. And mm. so he said, so make that a, as what you will. Right. I agree that it didn't need a sequel. Yeah. yeah. Did like you see I the said, second one? No. No. No, I did not. I haven't seen it either. Um, yeah. I, like I said, 
at the end of it, you still don't really yeah. know what they are, where they came from. Are they alien? Or is it some people that were left down there that evolved into that? Whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, there is only ever a couple of cues like the climbing hook that was already there and then just a graveyard of bones yeah who were those people where did they come from you know all that kind of stuff was left unanswered yeah um but i didn't care it didn't matter because that's not the point you, yeah the point yeah. of that movie was to creep you the fuck out and it did yeah so it didn't matter it was almost better that i didn't know because i was yeah. like it's supposed to be that way i think well interestingly enough the movie from the director's perspective, he said it wasn't about six cavers being attacked by savage monsters. Okay. It is about a happy society of savage monsters being attacked by these girls because they kind of met out of much terror and pain as the crawlers do. Oh, weird. So he's doing it from a completely different, different perspective. perspective. Well, I have to say that I didn't... Um, if that if that <laughs> was the point, it's almost even creepier because it's almost even creepier. <laughs> but I didn't relate to them. Yeah, wouldn't you need to relate to them on on some aspect? I guess it depends on what kind of movie watcher you are. Yeah, um, I personally don't watch most horror movies and want to relate to somebody. Okay, I don't feel fear if I relate to anybody in it. What I think is interesting is they took the perspective of these monsters existed and yeah. they didn't come out into our world. No. They didn't come out and haunt us. Yeah. They didn't come after us. And rather, these innocent women mm -hmm. came into their home mm -hmm. and immediately started coming after them. Yeah. Because they felt scared yeah. by the unknown. Yeah. And it's interesting to think that when you're watching the movie, you're scared because you don't know what these creatures are and what they're capable of. Yes. Whereas from the creature's perspective, why who were these people and exactly. why were they... So it's would they neat, be just as scared? That's right. And they would be doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting perspective, especially for a director, to present a movie one way and then to actually have it be about a different thing, thing. than you think it really is. I think that, again, it would come back to... Uh, sympathizing with a character in some way. It could be. I think if you're yep. focusing on one side of a story, there needs to be something there. And yeah. I certainly felt nothing like that from those characters. <laughs> no, nor you didn't did feel I like want a, to. You didn't feel like an underground there was monster. No, there was no <laughs> humanic quality to them, or, you know, I didn't see them working together. I never saw any sort of relationship now or... remind me it's been a while since i've seen it but is it that they were blind yes okay so that was probably an element of that as well though they yeah. couldn't see one another well they're cavers yeah. right so if they're living in a cave they have no need for eyes that's right um and their other their other senses are heightened, heightened that's right, right? Yeah. so their sense of um hearing and smell and whatever but um so yeah i i don't know that I got that yeah. side of it, yeah. but it, like I said, it didn't matter. It was fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I get it. Um, two more things. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There was only one man in the film, everybody else. And the man oh. wasn't played by one of the monsters. Okay. It was one of the husbands okay. at the beginning. 
Yeah, so that actually makes sense to me, mm -hmm. only because they would have to be very physical and very small. Mm -hmm. And they didn't appear large. It mm -mm. wasn't about that. They were no. agile. That's right. Um, so it would make sense to me that they were mostly females, yep. especially filming in a cave like that probably was quite difficult. They didn't actually film in a cave. Okay. They made it. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Okay, I don't have cool. the full details. I, I read part of it, but right. uh, it was not filmed in a cave. Oh, it wow. was um, a set. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, they definitely did a good job of that as well. Now, have you seen the cover art for it where it looks like a skull, but it's with bodies? Ooh. Oh, yes, yes, I have, yes. So that is based on a Salvador Dali painting. Okay, yeah. And they, they did that as their tribute to the female bodies as a skull which is also poster art in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, there's mm -hmm. a nice mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Um, and so very, very quickly then we will touch upon the last movie that you said on your list because it needs to be talked about. I agree. I think it's one of the best horror movies of all time. So it's, yeah, by far, I agree. Um, and it's The Exorcist. And like, I've been diving into this character and the more I do, the more into the movies I am. And I've been rewatching all of them, even the ones that aren't, you know, as great. Yes. Um, just to make sure that I know every angle and I can just like be the best demon I can be and <laughs> kind of bring it, bring it realism and not um, make fun of it mm -hmm. and not make it kitschy. Cause mm -hmm. that's, that's my goal. I don't want it to be kitschy. Well, so far in the in that shoot that you and I did, you did no. not make it kitschy. And neither did you. No. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were right into were that. Feeling it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel this character for some reason. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but it felt so organic from the first moment with you. Yeah. And every time I think about bringing it back and doing another level and aspect of it, it just brings me joy. Oh, that's good. Just joy. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like hearing that. <laughs> Horror movies bring people joy. Yes, they do. Yes, yes they do. They do. Um, so, some fun facts about The Exorcist that I really wanted to share. All right, where do we begin? So, Linda Blair was 13, mm -hmm. okay? She, she got death threats from people because they believed that she her performance was glorifying Satan. And not only did she have to have Warner Brothers hire her bodyguards, she had to be moved from place to place. She had to move to Vermont. She had to move to New Jersey. She had to move to wow. Connecticut. All throughout her performances in all of the movies, she was getting death threats. That is amazing. 13 years old. That just goes to show how amazing her performance was. Ooh, yeah. And how much those movies affected people. Yeah. There's a reason really for that. Really affected. Yeah. And some people just can't separate that. Oh, it's too bad that people would go after her, mm -hmm. especially at that age. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. But, you know, that just goes to show. If if she could take any way, anything away from that in a positive aspect, I hope she just took away her performance was just... Well, that's the thing. She she did this first movie, got death threats, had to have bodyguards, and still went on to do it, another. She did, and yes. another. Good for her. Absolutely. Especially at that age. Oh, well, I've seen her, I've seen, or I've read some articles with her and she has never, ever been able to be, live a normal life since no, she did that she, movie. she won't. No, especially if she looks anything like she did back then. Yeah. Because her face is so iconic. Iconic. Very yeah. iconic. Yeah, exactly. You can't escape that. No. 
Uh, so the directors, or the director, William Friedkin, he would fire shots without warning behind the actors to startle them mm -hmm. and catch their reaction on mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. And so I guess people were walking around on, you know, pins and needles. Wow. Yeah. Um, and this part I thought was quite interesting and gave me a lot of empathy as being a, a model in a situation. So in order to achieve the effect of seeing the actor's breath, mm -hmm. right, the director refrigerated Regan's room. Four giant air conditioners ran all night, reaching minus 30 to minus 40 degrees. Mm -hmm. The air got so cold that when cast and crew members sweat, it froze on their skin. Wow. At one point, it snowed on the set on account of all the moisture in the air from the cast and crew crammed into a small space. Oh yeah. And Snow so, inside. Inside. That's and Linda so cool. Blair was wearing nothing but a nightgown and she did it. Wow. At 13. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two, two more fun facts. And then I think we're probably good to, today yeah? unless there's anything else you want to talk about. I don't know. Well, you can think about it yeah. while I give these fun last facts. Yeah. Uh, so the woman who vocalized Regan's possession... Her name was Mercedes McCambridge. She went to great lengths to achieve the effect of her sound. So she chain smoked, she swallowed raw eggs, and she drank. She was a former heavy drinker, so she threw herself off the bandwagon to give her all of herself to this film. Wow. And so she requested to have her priest present to counsel her. Wow. There were so many priests involved in yeah. all of this. Real priests. Real priests, yeah. Yeah. And then apparently um, they didn't want to credit her because Linda Blair speaking in such a satanic voice would increase the terror. Right. So, but ultimately at the end of the day, they did they give did, her right? credit. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, the spider walk, which yeah. is an interesting one. Everybody, I'm sure you've heard rumors about why it was taken out of the movie and how it made people too scared. Yeah, yeah. Not true. Okay. Apparently it was taken out because the theatrical, the original theatrical release, you could see the wires. They were visible on print. You know what? Back then, with the level of graphics that they didn't have, yes. that doesn't surprise me that, yeah. especially if the director is any sort of a perfectionist, that yeah. they would not want to show that. That um, walk is incredibly Inc hard. Even just taking a few quick photos when we did it in the tall grass yeah. recently was very difficult. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to attempt to do some video of something similar. I've been stretching, but it's not easy. So no guarantees on how it comes out. And I can understand why, uh, why that would happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and for anyone that knows any, any of these pictures that we're talking about with Andy, no wire is involved. She is completely Wires. contorting her body all on her own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last fun fact is the exorcist was the first horror film to be nominated for best picture. Oh, wow. That's, that's, so amazing to hear. I'm so mm -hmm. happy and that makes sense on so many levels. Um, it was it was epic. I I know so many people who can tell me like their moment in life when they saw that movie. Oh yeah. I can Absolutely. tell you for sure. And I know so many people who are able to do the same thing and there's a reason for that because it's impactful and it sticks with you. It sticks with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with anybody? Just that I am so proud of you, Anya, and your work with this podcast is amazing. Thank you. And I'm very, very thankful that you had me on as a guest today, and I can't wait to be a guest again for you anytime, and I'll really keep brushing up on my horror movies. (laughs) uh, Next time we'll do a horror movie review. Yes. And I've got to read The Shining mm-hmm. so that we can do a little comparison on that as well. And Doctor Sleep. If you haven't, and Doctor Sleep, have you yeah. seen the movie? I have seen it. So we can touch on that next time as well. Yeah. Yeah, the book was far superior. Oh, I'll have to read that book too. I've got a lot of reading to do, guys. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight with Andy Rose. And um, stay tuned for more Horror and More with Anya Gore.